live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in on a Tuesday morning, November 22nd, 2022. We are starting out your day in the capital city at 20 degrees. On our way to a high of, hello, 60, 60 and sunny. Look, I'm overdressed today. I got jeans. I got the fleece on. What am I doing here? Looking looking really nice today. Uh, and uh, 50s, eh, some 40s, but all the way through the 10-day forecast right now. So looking good right there. Uh, good show for you to, to, on a uh, Tuesday. Uh, we got uh, Joe Jordan's off today. So we got an open 710 today. Um, but we do have a little bit later in the show, Dr. Ken Dewey. He's going to talk uh, Thanksgiving forecast, which, you know, when we booked this, we thought it might be, who knows, maybe a little dicey. We'll see what's happening with travel. It doesn't look like it'll too, be too dicey, but Ken will give us not only a look at what's happening around the country and then uh, what we've got for the coming weeks into December for uh, maybe the return of winter. Uh, and we'll have John Baylor. We'll talk Nebraska volleyball as we set up for what is uh, one of the bigger volleyball matches I think uh, uh, Devaney Center has has ever seen uh, with Wisconsin coming in on Friday night, an essential D, uh, Big Ten championship game between Nebraska and Wisconsin. So a uh, lot to get to today, uh, a, a whole lot to get to today. Um, Mark, anything you want to hit on a little bit more expanded from your news before we get into some other things here? Well, yeah, there is pretty heavy police presence in three areas. Yeah. Uh, we had three drive-by shootings residents struck. Uh, first one, as close as I can tell, Channel 8 reported it at about 3.30. When I talked with uh, Captain Max Hubka, he said uh, the way he described it, the they happened so fast, it's a little hard to put an exact timeline. Uh, 2800 block of D Street, 5400 block of Canterbury Lane, and the 1700 block of Knox Street, where residents were all okay. hit. Those are all. Uh, I mean, yeah, from that, south to that's north. That's all the way south. To, I mean, they're all they're all like, kind of west, but they're all like those are all south to north, like just north of 27th and Canterbury, clear up to Knox. Yeah, that's yeah. So that Canterbury, I mean, that's uh, up by like Old Cheney, yeah, right? Twenty seventh and Old Cheney. Yeah, Old Cheney, uh, and then and then one that's more in Central Lincoln, the the D Street, the D yeah. Street one, and then that that Knox one. It's that's up. quite a bit north, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, you know Adams uh, and well fifty four hundred block of Knox. Adams is up that direction as well. Yeah, I wanted to see if I can. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, man. Three and so do they think is there is there some sense, Mark, that these are connected or is it just a a um, night where there's three of these? Nope. Are they or is it way too early to talk way, even about way that? too early to tell. They've they've got uh investigators working all three and uh it's it's quite quite chaotic. Because for them to have been con- they're just in such completely different parts of town. Um, yeah, and uh, oh, you know, which certainly they could still be connected. It's just uh, I don't know. It could be three different. That, that sticks out to me for whatever reason. It could be three different uh, coordinated things. Uh, you just never know. Wow. At this point, so going to be a lot of uh, investigation, a lot of unraveling to do on that one. Now that the, so you said the the earliest reports of that were at about what Channel 8 was, uh, Channel Eight was reporting. Uh, they actually reported two instances. Okay. Uh, and it started about 3.30, but when I talked to duty command, they actually re- confirmed three 
Yeah, I, I was going to say, I saw the story this morning. I already read about two. I did not know about about the third one. Yeah, we, we were able to talk to uh, Captain Hubka just before six. So that's how busy they are. My goodness. So, and apparently the first ones were those ones in south southeast, uh, or I should say southwest Lincoln near 27th and Old Cheney. Um, you had people who... Um, that, this said, is according told, to Channel 8. Yeah, this, yeah, that's true. This is according to Channel 8 at this point. And then they reported the Knox Street one, which, again, this is like Adams North 19th. This is kind of the northwest-ish area of town here at that point. Channel 8 reported there were five shots at that location there. Um, did you? And, and again, sorry if this is repeating, but you didn't hear anything from LPD about confirming injuries or anything like uh, that? No, no confirmed injuries, uh, but all uh, residents were struck in all three instances. Re- residents or residences? Res- res- houses. Houses. Okay, that's what, I, that's what I thought it was. I just wanted yep. to clarify. Yep. Uh, what you were saying there. So yes, as 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 you would imagine, in all of those spots, there will continue to remain. One would guess um, a pretty extensive police presence, well, yeah. as, as it's you know at only three hours since the initial calls well, were coming in here. On and this. there'll be a lot. They'll be able to do a lot more uh, once the sun comes up. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and have uh, a better view, but absolutely. So. My goodness. Now, and and I don't know whether you know you you start to piece these together, but there was a loaded handgun found in a backpack outside north star high school yesterday morning okay um so, uh, in another completely different area of town yeah and so <laughs> which which may or may, not, may or may uh, not have anything to do school with this resource one, but, officer uh, involved in uh, getting that uh, taken care of so one uh, juvenile has been lodged uh, that according to 1011 news and then we had a fatal accident uh, yesterday afternoon 4 30 33rd and nebraska parkway old highway 2 so, eighty-year-old Lincoln woman was killed in that accident. So, a lot of stuff going on, but on the good side, the Blue Angels—two uh, of them were in town yesterday and giving us a preview of the air show coming up in August. Is that that's this the August twenty twenty-three? Right, that yep. this is coming. Yep. Okay. All Gar- right. Guardians of Freedom, August twenty-sixth and twenty-seventh. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, that's enough for me. Um, well, and then, and then the other, the other, uh, you know, significant news is one that's not surprising, but I kept trying to find out if and when it was going to happen. And, uh, it did finally, um, Leary and Gaylor Baird has announced, uh, that she will in fact be re running for reelection, uh, for mayor in 2023. Not something that I don't think anybody is terribly surprised by, although we, you know, we wondered since it was taking a little while and her opponents seem to have already uh, announced their intentions to run, you know, a month or more ago in some cases. But she will be she will be running. And the thing about this one, Mark, is and and I don't know the I mean, I, I don't claim to completely know the records of all of the dollars that were put into mayoral elections in previous years. But I've got a hunch, at least that this is going to be, uh, by a good margin, the most money that any of these candidates will have had to work with um, in a mayor's race. Yes, I'm sure. And I think some of that's already happening. I think more of it will probably probably be coming because it will be very hotly contested and you will have some interested people with some bucks um, involved in this race, I'm going to guess. Yes, there are, there are. The fundraising has begun. It is uh, quite um, ample. And uh, well, 
I mean, uh, Suzanne oh. Geist already got, uh, the examiner talked about this, but Suzanne Geist already has the, the largest single donation in Lincoln City politics, quarter of a million bucks um, on this whole thing. So, and, and so like Larry Gaylor Baird and Cindy Lamb, uh, the examiner had this information, uh, spent a combined 660,000 bucks, uh, last time around. There was a mayor's election. And so this one donation is already $250,000. So almost halfway there with this one donation to give you an idea. So I think you'll eclipse that 660 pretty easily. But, you know, the, the, the reality of the question about this, this race is obviously, if, you know, if you've got, you know, somebody like like Geist who is going to be very, very well funded in this thing. But the question continues to be is how much, if at all, and maybe it doesn't matter, but how much is it going to impact this general race that you essentially have? It's it's not a it's not a party primary, but you essentially have a primary that almost for sure is going to knock out one of the Republicans. So you've got one of the Republicans going up against Leary and Gaylor Baird. Um, But until that point, they're all kind of campaigning against each other. And keep in mind also, in a city election, there's a very short turnaround between the primary and the general election. One's in in April, one's in May. Okay, so it's not like, so it's not like the, you know, the, the gubernatorial primary this year where, you know, that thing went on and on and on uh, and, and happened in the spring. And then you had, you know, six months uh, before before the general election in the fall. It's a matter of weeks between the two of them. And and, and I just don't know. It might it might not matter at all um, if uh, if a Geist, for instance, goes in and, and gets second in the primary and then picks up a lot of. Of, of Stan Parker's voters in the general, and and maybe that'd be enough. But it's a little bit of an interesting, a little bit of a different, different situation than Republicans in the city have had in these mayoral races in the past, because there usually haven't been two, um, two, I don't know, strongish candidates. Which I, I think they both are. maybe you know maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe well, maybe one of them is gonna maybe one of them is gonna sap out of sap out. You know. Um, the the energy of the other's campaign, perhaps. It's it's certainly possible. But both uh, Mayor Gaylor Baird and Suzanne Geist have track records, you know, in public service that that can be pointed to and and can be topics of discussion. Uh, Senator Geist, uh, six years in the legislature, the mayor uh, finishing up her fourth year as uh, mayor. And as far as Stan Parker is concerned, uh, when it comes to fundraising. At his uh, uh, announcement, initial announcement, he said he was uh, looking to have 5,000 people donate $100. He wanted it to be very um, personal. Right. So if, if he reaches that goal, that's what, half a million. Yeah, that's that's half a million right there. So <laughs> when, that's, uh, that's that's a pretty aggressive goal, but. That's a lot of people donating 100 bucks. Right. That's a lot of pe- to a mayor's race. I, too, would like a lot of people to donate I'd $100. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one is going to be, yeah, this one, this one's going to be really interesting. And, and, and then I guess the other thing about the Geist Parker thing is there's a little bit of, of a divide between these, uh, I don't know, uh, factions, maybe an, uh, an overly dramatic word, but these, these kind of two sides of the Republican party right now, you know, the traditionalist side and, and the more maybe new school side with, um, with Geist versus Parker. You remember the freedom coalition, 
coming out with with some um, negative words about Geist before she even announced on this thing. And so how does that play into all of that? And how does that impact, you know, fundraising and the actual race? And then how how heated because that race? Because, again, the reality of it is the primary is between those two. Yes. I, I mean, I'm, you could you could be incredibly optimistic if you're one of them and say, hey, I can win the primary. But you, when you're, you're splitting the vote, when it's a city that's probably somewhere around, you know, 50-50 or 55-45, you divide one half of that two ways, it's it's pretty clear that's going to be number two and number three in this thing, and you're going for number two. So we will see. We will see on that one. Um, let's see. No, and and, and your your studio is all decorated. We got. Uh, we we got, got, I know. We I, we have a, we, uh, we have a very holidayed out entire building. We really went all out this year. So I really if, like the uh, big old breaking news story you guys put up on. Oh my the, the window for the news about I about even looked at that. It's a, it's a breaking news about like on our website about grandma getting run over by a reindeer. Well, there is an outline of a body written, in the newsroom written by Tom Stanton. And Mark Vale, <laughs> you you huh? you are the you you've got the byline on it. It's a dual byline. You, you share. You've it. got the byline. Wow, they <laughs> really went out this year. My all out this year, and I think you know. I well, think we're, we're putting we're putting the finishing touches on our studio later today. But well, I can't wow, even see. I am out amazed. The, I, with I can't this. even see out the newsroom now. <laughs> you can't see what's going on in here anymore. <laughs> well, all right. Yes, we have got the uh, we've got the holiday spirit going here already. Uh, just uh, no, <laughs> no actual coaching news yesterday. I mean, the normal the normal flow of of rumors and names, you know, thrown in the mix. It was kind of a Bronco Mendenhall day yesterday in the world. Who is a thing. former not, coach at Virginia and BYU? I'm not going to pay attention to. For whatever reason, I was able to just tune it all out yesterday. Congratulations. Um, but a big part of that is I have resigned myself to the fact that we're not going to get something until this weekend. So whatever the rumors are, I'm not really going to trust a lot of them until we get through the Iowa game. Okay. Just that's right, that's Trev, Trev Alberts has done a good job, and I, I, I bought into a lot of them over the course of <laughs> you, several weeks. And you got burned. And... and <laughs> And here's Maybe. the thing, we're so close to what is supposed to be that finish line. Hopefully. Hopefully we are. Well, if we don't find out something this weekend, then to me the assumption is it's going to be someone who's playing in a conference championship. So then you got to get next weekend. And if it goes beyond Hopefully. that, <laughs> Hopefully. then the panic sets in. <laughs> That's why I continue to say... Hopefully. Actually, I told that to uh, to Kenny, who will be in with uh, Husker Tailgate tomorrow. I said, "Hey, if we start to get to that first full week of December and they're not making an announcement, yeah. panic." Yeah, we will. Uh, by the way, I have a Friday Husker tailgate show <laughs> tomorrow, a Wednesday Husker tailgate on Friday, uh, and so we will delve into. We got Mike Schaefer, who's always kind of got his finger, I think, on the pulse of of some of the news, and he's always good enough to share some of that information with us as well. Oh, and by the way, a uh, few more high school football champions yesterday, uh, some more being crowned today, and maybe one of the best uh, the best high school final football games of all time that last night last between Westside and Gretna, which I didn't catch a lot of the game, but I did catch the last drive. So A 45-yarder um, to win it in Memorial Stadium. And it was right down, it right was down the middle, and it was, yeah. 
made yeah, five let's, field let, goals. Why don't, why don't we get why don't we get the West Side Kicker scholarship, huh? Huh? I'm surprised he was allowed to walk off the field without an offer. <laughs> Just, hey, since you're here, yeah. you want to keep kicking here? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you can. Uh, that was as good a tryout as you could possibly have on the Memorial Stadium Hit field in, pressure, in the highest pressure situations oh, you can imagine that, and that were not typical high school field goals. No. Not uh, typical high school distances. So, And yeah. how's about watching Zane Flores play in Memorial Stadium and just going... You know what? That's not that's not a bad in-state quarterback. Yeah. Ugh. Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh and and we just saw one of the bigger World Cup upsets already that has happened this morning. Uh, if no again, again, I realize that the vast majority of our listening audience is not big international soccer fans, but we have it on in the background and yeah, Saudi Arabia beat just beat Argentina and I think I think that's a giant, giant, giant major upset. That is. Okay. That that is well, I mean, you saw that's a bigger upset than what South Carolina did to Tennessee this past weekend in college football. All right. It, Argentina number three in the world, one of the World Cup favorites, one of the greatest players of all time in Lionel Messi. Saudi Arabia somewhere back Close to world rank 60. Yep. Yep. All right. There we go. That's what's happening this morning. It's 626. We'll take a break. Caleb's got sports coming up next on KLIN. What are you thankful for this year? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is time for Fantasy Huskers. We're going to give you a word to text into the Rick's Time Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. And that is what? Nebraska. Nebraska. N-E-B-R-A-S-K-A. So uh, send that in to us on the text line. And two of you, not just one, two of you who text that in will be selected to uh, grab picks five and six for this week's Fantasy Huskers, where we are asking you to predict... When the first turnover of the game happens for either team in Nebraska versus Iowa, given uh, given kind of the strengths uh, and weaknesses of both of these teams, we feel like turnovers might play a key role. And so we're wondering, wondering when the first one might happen, hopefully in Nebraska's favor. Very well could be. Um, and by the way, we do have someone who has guessed already there will not be a turnover, which right, is something you can handy. guess. So you you will have to guess an actual uh, game time, meaning quarter and minutes remaining. Yep. Andy said no turnovers. Steve says first quarter, 650. The Jeremy says second quarter, 30 seconds left. Brent says third quarter, 906. Yes. All right. So there you go. That is... Uh, that is what we've got now, two more picks to come in, and then we'll do two more uh, two more picks with the keyword coming up at 810 today. All right, uh, let's jump in to our sound off, shall we? I got a lot to get to, so I need to we need to kind of sort through these and, and make sure we're getting to uh, the most important ones. Uh, why don't we start? Let's start with this one. This is kind of 
This is kind of a, uh, it sounds like a movie plot or something. Maybe that's a little too exciting for this. But remember when uh, when the case that, that uh, over, over the Dobbs case that overturned Rovers away when it leaked early and everyone was like, who's the leaker? And there were uh, there were a lot of yeah. politicians who were like really mad. We got to find it. And there was a lot of people who thought it was like somebody who worked for one of the judges who opposed it and that perhaps it was their way to try and get it changed before it went final, essentially. Well, now there's a new theory that's been put out there, and that is that uh, Justice Samuel Alito, who sits on the, the bench of the Supreme Court, basically was uh, was passing along his, it was his draft opinion, was passing along to some of his, uh, some donors, some significant donors here, oh. and they got their hands on it. Alito is saying... No, that's not what happened, though. A forceful denial from Justice Samuel Alito that he had anything to do with an alleged leak of a high-profile 2014 ruling to conservative donors Gail and Donald Wright. Quote, the allegation that the Wrights were told the outcome of the decision in the Hobby Lobby case or the authorship of the opinion of the court by me or my wife is completely false. Two leading congressional Democrats overseeing the courts wrote to Chief Justice John Roberts Sunday, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, and Congressman Hank Johnson expressing concern about activists allegedly using their access, quote, to secure confidential information about pending cases only deepens our concerns about the lack of adequate ethical and legal guardrails at the court. It's a it's a new uh, donor tier. Early access to Supreme Court cases, Supreme Court opinions, maybe. Oh, uh, but he said, for for what it's worth, he he says uh, no. That is definitely not something that uh, that he did on this thing. So, uh, as to to quote the movie The Waterboy, the switch continues. Uh, all right, other things that we've got going on the uh, the Artemis ship, the Artemis mission, it has circled the moon already. That was fast. Did, they did that pretty quickly. Well, that, um, that after months of yeah. It doesn't take, apparently it doesn't take uh, all that long to get up there to the moon, circle around, and uh, we kind of heard the uh, the play-by-play of uh, having Earth come back into view after you, after you circle the moon, which was very cool. The Orion space capsule of NASA's Artemis One mission flew within 80 miles of the lunar surface, traveling behind the moon and back and showing humans through transmitted images what Earth looks like coming up. As it emerges from behind the moon, an Earthrise of our pale blue dot and its 8 billion human inhabitants now coming into view. NASA commentator Sandra Jones, Artemis and Orion have been performing well so far. A human mission is just a couple years away. In Broward County, Florida, Eben Brown, Fox News. Our pale blue dot. Do we have to say pale? That just uh, it seems like seems like there's a way you could describe that's a little bit more majestic. A pale blue dot with eight billion human inhabitants. I mean, I guess you're trying to uh, sort of display the sense that you know this universe is so large that that's all it looks like from this far away. But nonetheless, uh, but cool stuff there uh, with with that whole thing. Um, oh boy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance, but just worth noting and being aware of right now. Uh, but they're talking about some new COVID variants coming on again. This uh, oh, this they, winter, they getting into winter. I, I mean, you're I, so anyway. I'm not telling you to freak out. 
I'm just telling you so you understand what's happening. According to new data released last week, the BQ1 and BQ1.1 variants are responsible for half the COVID cases in the U.S. They're descendants of the BA5 variant of Omicron, which has been the dominant strain in the country since the summer. The symptoms of the two variants are similar to other variants, including exhaustion, fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Both Pfizer and Moderna have reported that people who get the new bivalent booster shot will be more more protected from a severe case of COVID than those who have not been vaccinated or who had a shot long ago. More than 2,300 people have died of COVID in the U.S. in the past week. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. All right. Uh, this, this is interesting. Now, uh, maybe people don't follow this real closely, but were you aware of just how secretive North Korea is about, well, a lot of things, obviously, but about uh, Kim Jong-un's family? Like, there is no official knowledge as to whether he has children, uh, how many, how old, their names, their genders, those sorts of things. Like, we we knew he had a, he's got, had a sister, right? The sister, yeah, the sister, but his own, but his, his own kids. His own kids. His own kids. I guess I'll, I've I'll, never even thought of that. It, I know, right? They, they, they don't talk about it like they do other mm-hmm. heads of state when they've got young kids, but a, apparently... Um, one of them was caught on some on some video, and people think they've they figured out uh, at least sort of the the age and maybe a little bit about this this daughter that Kim Jong Un has. When Kim Jong Un turned up to a missile launch site with what state media called his beloved daughter, it offered a rare glimpse into the next generation of the ruling dynasty. Ever keen to keep an eye on their neighbours, South Korean spies have told lawmakers she's probably Mr Kim's second child, named Ju A, and aged about 10. The only previous sighting was made by former basketball star Dennis Rodman, who told a British newspaper he'd seen baby Ju A when he visited the country in 2013. This is the first time North Korea has officially confirmed her existence. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. And who doesn't love to go with dad to a missile launch site for a little learning learning activity? There was a little bit of everything in that. <laughs> no one else knew this except Dennis Rodman. Except Dennis Rodman may have known for the last decade. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, well, Elon Musk is changing his mind again about one of the Twitter features. They're just, I mean, they're just rolling things out and trying it, and if it doesn't work, they're like, never mind, we're not doing that, and a few days later, something else, and then changing their mind. So evidently, the uh, the, the, the check mark thing they're holding up on where they, for those who don't know, there was always a check mark thing on Twitter that were verified accounts, meaning you knew that they were, if it was a celebrity or somebody who was likely to be impersonated, that they would have a check mark proving that it was the real person. They actually verified it. Then Elon Musk talked about um, starting a new premium part of Twitter where you'd pay $8 a month and, and or $7 a month or whatever it was and and get some extra features. And you would also get a check mark that looked exactly like the verified check mark, which just didn't make sense to, I don't think anyone, uh, but nonetheless, they were going to go forward with it. Then they paused it. And now it sounds like they're going to pause it more. Musk tweeting Monday night that he was holding off on the relaunch of the checkmark system until the social media platform feels more confident and it can stop people from impersonating public figures. 
Musk also said when the system resumes, there'll probably be different color check marks for organizations and individuals. After Musk acquired Twitter last month, the platform granted gray checkmark badges to official government accounts, then rescinded them. It also allowed users to receive a blue checkmark through its $8 subscription service, which now has been paused. That service expected to be relaunched on November 29th. Ted Lindner, Fox okay. News. So that's the one you need to do the different colors for, by the way. Yes. That, that's it. That's all you got to do. Make that If you want to do the same s- signal, the same symbol, I should say, do that a, a different color than the blue check mark because it makes zero sense to give people the same exact symbol that means two very different things. Well, and there were enough people that got through the first time. I am actively judging people who paid for that subscription. <laughs> like, act. It is because the it seems like the people who really did it or are getting the most notoriety for it are the ones who did it to make it look like they're an official account for something and then impersonating them. Well, the, those I was like, okay, you went in with a plan to do that. There are some just everyday Joe Schmoes. Oh, really? That now have got check marks next to their name, and you can go, you can click on it or hover or whatever, and it'll say this person is subscribed to Twitter Blue. And I was just like, what are you getting? Yeah. For your $8 a month with your 130 followers. Yes. Um, so we, we we talked very briefly about the World Cup at the beginning of the show in terms of the on-the-pitch results. I said pitch. Congratulations to me. I am uh, I'm kind of a soccer snob, apparently. But <laughs> off the pitch... There is a there's 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 a lot of controversy about a lot of things with this World Cup. One of which is uh, Qatar's position on same sex relationships and the way that some of the teams who are coming in feel about that. Some of the fan bases that feel uh, about that, and then some of the expressions that they make about that, which are not favored by the uh, the leadership in Qatar. And that even extends to the players and what they want to wear during the matches. The plan was to wear special heart-shaped one-love armbands, but players were told to expect an immediate yellow card from the referee for wearing the wrong equipment. So England captain Harry Kane took to the field in Qatar with a FIFA-sanctioned no-discrimination logo instead. Seven European nations felt the official campaign didn't go far enough in a country where same-sex relationships are illegal. English bosses said they'd willingly pay a fine but couldn't stomach on-field sanctions. A yellow card is halfway to being ejected from the game. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Wow. They were going to give him a yellow card. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's one thing to get the off-field sanctions. It's the in-competition. Right. That's where then it's you're, you're hurting your chances at... Um, There's a good chance you'll sit out a game at some point. Yeah. You're, you're, the, you're, the way that they're doling them out. You're hurting your chances for success. Now, you start to say, well, is your... Chances being hurt at success worth getting that message out to the billions across the world that that are going to tune in. I don't know. That, right. That's up for them to decide, right. and they decided it wasn't. Yeah. Um, all right. So Ticketmaster's really in some uh, deep stuff right now, Caleb. Uh, not only do they have uh, Taylor Swift fans uh, all mad at them, Taylor herself mad at them but now she's got a u.s con now she not she they have the u.s congress interested in figuring out what in the heck is 
going on here. Ticketmaster is going on an apology tour after the system meltdown that left many Taylor Swift fans without tickets in their hands, trying to fix any bad blood between Ticketmaster and the pop star and her fans. Ticketmaster is explaining what caused the chaos, saying it was a combo of bot attacks and just a lot of fans trying to get tickets, leading to unprecedented traffic on their site. They say 3.5 billion total requests. That's four times the previous peak for them. The platform says Based on the volume of people that wanted tickets, Swift would need to perform over 900 stadium shows, a show every single night for the next two and a half years for everyone who tried to see her live to get tickets. <laughs> Do it. Do it, Taylor. Come on. Make sure all your fans who want to see the show can see the show. One night every year, two and a half years, and then everyone who wants to have seen Taylor will have gotten the chance. The greatest tour ever. <laughs> What, uh, why is Congress getting involved? Like, uh, like, the, the, like what? What's other than? I think. I think. I think probably there are some. Uh, maybe it's uh, some kind of antitrust concerns. Is probably how they're including their justification or some federal laws on hidden fees or or something like that uh, that they think might be violated violated by Ticketmaster. Um, this is interesting. Have you ever wanted? Now, I mean, of course. Right now, if you, you just, all you need to do is watch TV commercials or, or get online and see, like, everybody's going berserk talking about their um, Black Friday deals in the retail world. Mm-hmm. I mean, Walmart is just blitzing your team. They, they put together the entire uh, cast of Office Space, including Michael Bolton, the singer, to run advertisements yeah. on that. And, you know, there's that's just the beginning. They're, they're everywhere right now. Old Navy's commercials are weirdly annoying right now for Black Friday. But have you ever wondered, like, okay, is this really that much of a deal, or are they just putting the Black Friday skin on what is essentially the regular price and using words like doorbusters, but then it's really only, you know, $2.50 off, and we should all calm down? Well, our friends at Wallet Hub, yes, doing a little something different right now. They decided to try and find out what the actual good deals were on Black Friday. With the holidays right around the corner, carriers like the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS are projecting to have enough capacity to have most to all packages delivered on time. Industry experts say several factors have played a role in the change, including an increase in brick-and-mortar shoppers and more consumers getting a head start on those shopping lists. The optimism represents a sharp contrast to holiday seasons in 2020 and 2021, which saw all sorts of supply chain problems. John Saucier, Fox News. So you can, so they actually have, I mean, credit to Wallahub. This is more useful when they, what they've usually done. They actually have gone through a whole bunch of deals at different places that are Black Friday deals and they've figured out what the actual big, the deals that are getting you the biggest actual discount. The actual savings. Yes. Right. And it's not necessarily like they got a laptop at the very top, an expensive laptop. Um, but then, then they've got like a, Leather reclining massage chair. Uh, they've got a uh, Everlast heavy bag, boxing bag. Uh, there's a pit boss, a wood pellet grill that's on there. So um, if you're if you're wondering how to navigate that on on Black Friday, if you are uh, going to be looking for some of the items that are on sale, go check out how good of a deal that it actually is because they've narrowed it down a little bit and it's actually pretty pretty useful as well. Um, and and then speaking of that. 
Supply chain issues, obviously COVID, and then supply chain issues have really been uh, typical of the last two Christmas shipping seasons. Uh, Good news on that. This year is supposed to be a lot more efficient than the last two years were shipping-wise. With the holidays right around the corner, carriers like the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS are projecting to have enough capacity to have most to all packages delivered on time. Industry experts say several factors have played a role in the change, including an increase in brick-and-mortar shoppers and more consumers getting a head start on those shopping lists. The optimism represents a sharp contrast to holiday seasons in 2020 and 2021, which saw all sorts of supply chain problems. John Saucier, Fox News. And last but not least, we'll end on this one. Uh, Thursday morning. I don't know if you guys do this, but Thursday morning of night, on Thanksgiving morning when I wake up early, sometimes I'm usually preparing some some food to bring to that year's gathering. And I always uh, always turn on the Macy's Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day Parade just because it's a tradition. Well, this year, a little extra special kick at the end of it right before Santa comes. Because they've got the non-trademarked Queen of Christmas opening up for Santa this year. Mariah Carey, who's well known for her love of getting into the holiday spirit, recently taking to Instagram revealing she'll be performing at this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, writing, My childhood dream is coming to life. I'm going to be opening for the one and only Santa Claus at this year's at Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Adding, quote, Tune in on Thanksgiving Day at NBC. The singer will reportedly perform her holiday anthem, All I Want for Christmas is You, you think? shortly before Santa Claus arrives in New York City's Herald Square. Lauren Faulkner, Fox News. Excuse me, yeah. So she's actually not going to sing All I Want for Christmas is You. No, yeah, she's definitely. <laughs> right? She's absolutely. That, that's, what they, that's what you get her for, for this type of thing. Actually, she's going to lip sync it like everything in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, mm-hmm. which is one of the most egregiously lip synced events in all of um, television history it's sad uh, it's yeah all right 657 we got to take a break tell nk today with jack and friends on kli live from the momo pizzeria and ristorante studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city this is lnk today with jack and friends on the voice of lincoln 1499.3 klin all right welcome back it is lnk today with jack and friends on klin on this Tuesday morning, November 22nd, 2022, two days until Thanksgiving. We're at 28 degrees right now on our way to, uh, as you heard, uh, high in the 60s today. Um, the KLIN newsroom, Mark Vale, um, is the only one in the KLIN newsroom right now, so it's Kip Mark Vale's uh, work here over the course of the last couple of hours this morning is tracking some uh, breaking news in the capital city in multiple locations uh, where we've got a heavy police presence after what has been described as there being uh, drive-by shootings in three different locations uh, in the overnight hours last night. Um, we still have very, at least at last report, we had very little detail other than where where they were, um, no real specifics on the damage, uh, on any arrests or anything like that. Um, Mark, um, I guess let, let's start. What are the, I know there are three locations that are actually in, in fairly different parts of town, all well, over town. So. Let's start at the Southwest. Okay. We? The, well, it's actually the, Southeast, but it's I believe South that was Lincoln. the first one that was called in too. Uh, that's the first one that channel eight reported. We don't have the 
firm timeline on the other ones, but uh, we start there north of 27th and Old Cheney. It's described as the 5400 block of Canterbury Lane. Now, if you know where Zion PCA Church is, it's like a block to the northwest of Zion okay. Church. That's kind of the general area okay. of, of that. Then we've got the 2800 block of D Street, which is basically across Capitol Parkway to the north from the zoo. Across Capitol Parkway to the north. Okay. D Street, okay. you know, right there. Yeah, D, I'm just. D Street goes I'm, east. Yep. Um, so you, you come down uh, 27th Street or up 27th Street to Capitol Parkway. Oh, yeah, right. There's a little. Yeah, a that's. Little, that's right by that big, yeah, that Capitol Parkway. Uh, I mean, obviously a major. It's like just you throw a rock from Capitol Parkway there. Right. It's uh, just in the, and D. A, a block east of 27th and D, which is D, Capitol Parkway, and 27th. As in you could see you could see this intersection from, just for ex- explanations point, from the, the train and the zoo when it goes by that, Most likely, that, that yeah. north side of, yeah. of the zoo. I, now, I don't know how far in the 2800 block, but that's the general area. Yeah, right. If, you, if you're talking about 28th and D itself, yes, that right. would... Right. That would be. Uh, I just call it a block or so northeast of the zoo. Yes. Capitol okay. Parkway. And then what was the location of the other one? A seventeen hundred block of Knox, and Knox is two blocks north of Adams. So if you go Fourteenth and Adams, go two blocks north, and then east three blocks. So it would be the the equivalent of of Seventeenth. Um, is that right? Seventeenth and Knox. And Knox. So there's some there's some apartments it looks there like are. there there and the willows apartments i don't know if they, it was the apartments that were uh targeted or or something else but uh you know they're they're giving us the wider uh uh addresses you know just right. the, the block number because there uh, is so much to investigate and so so that is what like that is it's north of cornhusker I mean, about three, yeah, three nor- four blocks yeah it's north of cornhusker and so you have got Three addresses there that are, I mean, that are both kind of along, you know, roughly along where 27th Street would be, but way south, right in the middle, and then way north Yep. on, on all of these things. Yeah. Do, okay. And so you didn't, I, I guess the first question is, um, there, you, you, we had known that there were shots at residences, as in the buildings, at last report. Do you have any reports of injuries at all? So as far? of uh, just before six, no reports of injuries uh, from LPD. Okay, and and they uh, they had the very busy morning there going. Right. Okay. No reports of of anyone injured, and and no reports, I presume, of either. Uh, descriptions of a vehicle or arrests or None. anything like that here at this point? They were in the process of trying to collect video, you know, home video or, or security video from neighbors, uh, talking to neighbors. And so that's all part of that investigation. And, of course, as uh, sunrise, you know, it'll happen you know, here fairly soon. Let me look. And see, They'll be able to do a lot more. Sunrise is at 721. They'll have a lot better chance of, uh, of continuing some of their investigations. Yeah. Absolutely, but and, it it does really spread uh, the people power out because you've got three active investigation scenes. Right, right, and and and, and again, yeah, in 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 totally different places, and no no word. I guess I'm sort of assuming, and and I I shouldn't probably, but I'm assuming in some way these you know because typically you wouldn't have this happening three times in the overnight hours in Lincoln. You know, I guess who knows though, uh, but I. 
I'm assuming maybe there's some connection with all of them, but we don't necessarily know that to be the case. We, we, do we don't have a, a similar, at least the police haven't told you about a like a similar vehicle dis, uh, description or anything on any of these. No, no descriptions at all yet, okay. uh, as as I was able to uh, get with uh, Captain Max Ubka. Okay. Um, I will say, though, that you know we, we kind of painted it as overnight, but it actually started around 3.30 is the closest timeline. So this has happened all within the last four hours. Yeah, it's it's a somewhat recent development, and thus the the still, I'm, and I guess, I don't know, I pulled up the 27th and, and uh, old Cheney uh, traffic cam, and there's no, I mean, I can't, I can't really see far enough to the north unless they turn the thing right now to be able to tell if there's anything noticeable that is out of the ordinary there. The traffic looks like it's moving normal there. Um, so if you're out in any of those areas and want to update us on on just what the police presence is, how it's impacting driving, uh, shoot us a text, the Rickstein Rick Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. Um, but yeah, it's, um, boy, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, that's a busy short period of hours in the very early morning here for LPD and some neighborhoods that... Uh, uh, I mean, like you go to the Channel Eight story on it, and they said um, neighbors in that in that first one that that twenty seventh near the twenty seventh and Old Cheney one um, were awakened by what they said were a couple of gunshots at that point, and I'm sure that happened in all of these cases, uh, as they are you know people residential areas nearby all of them, if not you know that they're actually actually targeting so. Uh, anything else that uh, your conversation with Hubka brought out? Well, just some, uh, they're still uh, doing the investigation on that fatal accident yesterday afternoon, 33rd and Nebraska Parkway. I'm getting better at that. We're not saying Highway okay. 2. So that is the old. That is. Highway 2 or the old Highway 2, right. whatever you the want to call it. 33rd and, and Nebraska Parkway, that's the entrance there to uh, the Super Saver or Russ's Market, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then to the, what, to the, um, there's a lumber yard or. Yeah, it used there. to be like uh, pay less cashways and eighty four lumber and uh, but evidently that kind of thing. Uh, the eighty year old uh, female, the eighty year old woman, uh, was attempting to turn south onto thirty third and uh, was westbound and was uh, struck by an eastbound pickup. Struck the passenger side. She was injured in the accident, taken to the hospital where she ultimately passed. Okay, all right. And then ten elevens reporting a small fire out at Lincoln East overnight. Uh, inside a mechanical oh. room. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, caused some challenges for firefighters getting the uh, uh, one of the uh, alarm systems turned off. So you had LFR out of east at one thirty in the morning. Yeah. Before all of these these police calls started yeah. started coming in. Nothing that's uh, canceling school or anything, though? Not that I've been able to find. I've okay. checked the LPS site. Um, All right. So, yeah, I think I would have probably heard something about yeah, that, you, too. So. You would have been the, the best story there. Um, the one thing in the 1011 uh, story, they said that uh, it, uh, one of the there was a table in this mechanical room that had multiple charging devices, and it was completely destroyed. Oh, really? So you, you begin to wonder. Huh. All right. Uh, uh, Lincoln police also worked a situation at North Star High School yesterday. That was a loaded gun found in a backpack outside the school. Uh -huh. They were able to uh, identify the uh, owner of the backpack. The gun had been stolen. Uh, it was loaded, um, but the, uh, oh there's a juvenile that's uh, in detention now on that. So I'm, I'm imagining we will uh, hear more from that. Uh, yeah. Principal up there uh, did send out a note to all parents of North Star students on that. And and, and for these uh, these overnight um, 
these overnight uh, so-called drive-by shootings, um, I guess we you would expect, Mark, typically that we'll get a lot more information yet this morning on oh, what's yeah. going on because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm sure people are wondering, okay, well, is this... <laughs> Yeah. If you've got three locations where something happened, I'm not saying I'm not saying that anybody should be panicking or concerned, but I can understand why citizens would say, "Okay, well, what's going on with this?" Well, exactly. yeah, and, and the fact that it was ran, you know, was it random? Was what, it yes. targeted? Right. Was it, Those are the questions that I think was it a sing- the citizens probably have right a, now. a single suspect or suspects, or was this coordinated by several suspects? Right. Those are all things that were just too early in trying to uh, analyze and as you know from talking to uh officer chad uh that video surveillance is oftentimes uh information that becomes highly valued in uh helping track and crack these cases and uh i don't see anything new on the lincoln i just checked lincoln police twitter account and they haven't posted anything no new updating this either so all right uh, by the way i did hear on scanner just about 20 minutes ago another vehicle stolen Warming up in the driveway, unlocked. All right. So, all right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yes. Don't. Do it. Plus, it's gonna. You know, it's twenty-one out right now. It's not ten below. Okay. I. I mean, I shouldn't talk. I. Got, I have a garage that I put my car in, but I used to live that life. I used to live that life a lot. The well, should makes, I warm up my know, car life? You know, if you have to get a second key, if it requires a key, or lock the door, or somehow, or yeah. No. Yep. Be careful with that as we uh, as we get into winter. Definitely. All right. Thank you very much, yep. Mark. I appreciate all of the updates on what was an incredibly busy uh, twelve twenty four hours here on uh, on this whole thing. Uh, another reminder here: why I got well, I've got a couple of minutes. I I, I uh, announced this yesterday, but I want to make sure it was at a different time of the show, so I want to make sure everybody knows. Uh, last year, we started our LNK today with Jack and Friends Caroling Bus that we. Drove around the city. Well, that Mark actually drove around the city. And uh, we put together a wild and crazy fun bunch of LNK Today with Jack and Friends listeners uh, who who wanted to sing Christmas carols. And we drove around and we went to we went to uh, Target on 48th and O. We went to Brian LGH uh, during one of the shift changes. We went, I'm probably going to forget Tower something. Square. We went to Tower Square downtown. We went to the Haymarket. So we went several places um, and, and kind of had fun. We had a lot of people who would see us coming in and they would take out their phones and they need, they wanted to record it. I wonder if they've ever watched those videos again. Uh, but it was, it, it, it was bottom line. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it got a lot of people in the holiday spirit and we'd like to do that again this year. So thanks to, thanks to Winstar, we've got a bus again. And we are making our plans for this. We also have a date. So if you're interested in this, get the date on your calendar. It's Sunday, December 11th. And instead of doing it in the evening when it's dark right away, we're going to do it more late afternoon. So it's at least light at the beginning. Right. Um, and we maybe are going to hit some places that have a little bit more um, a little bit more densely populated with people. So more people can hear our beautiful, our beautiful singing. So if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, all I ask is uh, that you go to KLIN.com right now. Uh, you'll find the link if you scroll through the banners that come up at the beginning uh, for caroling. If you want to if you want to see a video of what it looked like last year, we posted a video of, of the fun of we fun. had last year at, at Tower Square. Uh, but I, I just need to know if you're interested in doing this so I can communicate with you the details. We're nailing down the, to- the exact times. I think it'll be in the range of, you know, 
two to five, three to six, that that sort of thing. We'll nail that down exactly. And then we're, we're figuring out exactly where we want to go with this thing. Where the most fun and appreciated, but we don't want to go places we're not wanted. Right. Uh, Let's <laughs> fill the bus. Well, yeah, and and so we, we've got to figure that out. So I want to be able to communicate, and we only have so many seats on the bus. I would love it. If we, if we get that bus totally full, that would be awesome. I can't remember how much how many it, that it holds, but we had it. I don't know. We probably had it two-thirds full last yeah. time. Uh, I would love to get the whole thing full, and if we have to find additional transportation for people, that is fine, too. So that's there. And then the the one other thing that about that whole thing, and again, Sunday, December 11th, late afternoon, if you're a, like a, if you're a business owner uh, or if you've got a event or an area or something that is going on where you're going to have people who might appreciate that and like that, if you want to suggest a place to go mm-hmm. on that day, I can't guarantee we're going to go to all of them, but if you want to suggest a place to go, I would take that suggestion as we make the route for the bus caroling trip, and we might end up at the place that, that you're talking about. We just we just need kind of suggestions where people would like to have for, you know, for maybe 15, 20 minutes, a uh, a traveling, traveling musical jukebox of Christmas songs. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun, and then all the music... And I think we're going to have our director with us again this yeah, year. We got, so, yeah, we got So the music is all printed out for us. You go through. It doesn't matter if you're the best singer in town or like me and not and exactly I, great. And I am working on some ringers, too, to to help us no matter what. Good. Some music ringers. Um, so that, yes. So if and, and if that's you, if you're a music ringer, if you are, uh, if you've got a career as a uh, musician, that'd be great. Please. Come on in. You got an instrument that you can bring that's portable and you could just adapt to the singing. Go ahead, do that. We'd like that too. Um we're gonna we wanna make it really good and really fun this year. So uh we got a lot of ideas. We just wanna know who's interested. We wanna get them updated, we wanna make our plan, and we wanna have a whole heck of a lot of fun on the afternoon of Sunday, December eleventh. All right, 726, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. All right, let's get things started by counting it down first with... Number five. Lincoln Police have three active uh, scenes that they're working at this morning where drive-by shootings took place. Uh, Since about 3.30 this morning, it was all in a fairly... uh, narrow time frame 330 to 4 something like that 2800 block of d street that's just north of the children's zoo north and east about a block uh the 5400 block of canterbury lane that's about three four blocks northwest of 27th and old cheney and the 1700 block of knox street which is about three blocks north of Cornhusker, just north of Adams, uh, east of 14th. So active scenes are still investigating uh, teams out there. Three residences were struck. We don't know whether they were houses or apartments or or what they were, but uh, no injuries reported by Lincoln Police, but active overnight. Yeah, so uh, we we discussed this pretty extensively at 710. Uh, That's what we know at this point. Obviously, a lot of questions beyond that. Hopefully, we'll have some more detail to share with you about that in the coming couple of hours. And, of course, stay tuned to KLIN for exactly that throughout the day today. Number four. Mayor Larry Gaylor Baird announced her plans. Uh, she's announced she's running for re-election. She's uh, now in her third year, uh, actually into her fourth year in that uh, position. 
primary will be next uh, April, general election in May. She has two opponents. Yeah, get ready for a um, get ready for a mayor's race that's got at least money involved in it, like we probably have never seen in city elections. Uh, we've already got some of that happening. Um, the Geist campaign is having some real success fundraising right now. Um, I'm not sure where where the current mayor's campaign is uh, that, but I'm going to guess that they are mounting a, a pretty significant war chest as well. And I, I said this at the beginning of the show. You know the 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 question is the question. I think especially um, with Geist, and I don't know as much about Stan Parker, so it's not that I'm. I, I mean, I, I know I've heard him speak, and I cheered for him when he was a football player when I was a kid. Um, but I don't know much about how he'll come off as a candidate yet at this point. But as I said, when Suzanne Geist entered the race, I think it's the it's the the best candidate that the Republicans have had to try and win this position in a, a long time. They haven't, you know, there have been a lot of them that just felt like kind of, I don't know how to say it uh, very well, but token candidates, just throwing somebody out there. Like like the Nebraska Democrats sometimes do in state elections <laughs> is the best way is the best way to put it, if they actually do, okay? Yeah, if they even put up something. If, if they do. So that that's, but it doesn't feel that way this time. The fundraising would indicate that's not what it is this time. I think I think there's pretty significant spending in the Cindy Lamb, uh, Mayor, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird race too as well. Um, but I, the, the other question I've got is that since you kind of, you're going to have a contested primary, more than two candidates, and one would presume that uh, Geist and Parker, both being the Republicans in this race, are going to, one of them is going to take the other out in that. That would, that um, would be a fair uh, an assumption. It's almost, I mean, I think it's almost certain that that is going to happen, assuming there's not, you know, Le- Lear and Gaylor Baird's the incumbent, so I don't think she's going to have a serious challenger uh, from within her own party. And so how much does that impact what the winner of that general is going to be able to do in the short time between the primary and the and the general election as well? Would would it be would would it almost be better off if there was only one in the chances of the Republican a Republican taking this over just straight up campaigning against the existing mayor for a period of several months instead of what four weeks between the April primary and the the May general election? But it'll be interesting. I mean, it's going to be get ready for attack ads. I would say that. Get ready for some serious uh, attack know, ads. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess I don't know how it's going to going to play out. I mean, both uh, Mayor Taylor Baird and Senator Geist have track records. They've got public votes on issues, albeit one when uh, Taylor Baird was on the council and now mayor her decisions. Geist and her work in the in the Nebraska legislature. Yeah. Um, we don't know that much about Stan Parker, other than his speaking and uh, right. his uh, from a from a policy from a from yeah a from a standpoint. from a, a policy leader perspective. So, yes. So uh, you know, there's going to be uh, some interesting uh, challenges. I wonder whether there'll be some debate. That's what I was just going to ask. Yeah. I mean, the trend in so many of these races around the country is that there aren't. Um, I think if you're, I think if you're Geist, you want some. You definitely want some. I would think. I would think so. Um, going up against the incumbent, but you know, I don't know how, what what the mayor's campaign will will think. I hope so. I mean, I hope. So. I'll, I'll listen. No matter who, I, I said it in the said it in the GOP primary. 
um, in the GOP general, or excuse me, the governor, the governor's general race, and I'll say it in the mayor's race too. If somebody's not doing debates, I think they should. I, whoever's saying that they're not going to do it, I think they should. I, I, I don't think it. I don't think it's the the perfect the perfect ultimate single tool in discerning between candidates, but I think it's definitely worthwhile. Um, for, for them to do that, so I hope I hope you get all three of them or whoever else is running on stage um, a time or two here before we end up voting in in April. Yeah, well, before you know it, it's going to be heavy campaign season once again here in the capital city. Number three, former Army Major Richard Fierro never thought he would need to use combat skills that he learned in the military while he was on a night out with his family. But he did. He served three tours in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. His training kicked in during the uh, shootings at the Colorado nightclub on Saturday night. Uh, Fierro noticed the suspect also had a pistol. Fierro took the pistol and used it to basically pistol whip the, the we shooter. We heard this story, and I was yeah. like, what is the what is the situation behind that? And I, Yeah, you got more when he, he talked about it then. Yeah, I mean, he, they basically not, not only subdued him, they... He put some hurt on him. So the, what he said is he said he found a crease between his armor and his head. He was wearing armor again. like It feels like all these shooters do now. They're stacked up with body armor. So the, the only thing he could do was find the crease in it between where the armor ended on his neck and his head, evidently, mm-hmm. and started, he said, and I just started wailing away with his gun. And he said, I told him, while I was hitting him, I'm going to blank kill you, man, because you tried to kill my friend. My family was in there. My little girl was in there. While he was hitting the suspect with a gun, another man's kicking him with the head. And then, Fierro said, then one of the drag performers jumped in. She helped kick him with high heels that she had on during this entire thing. Yep. So you heard those headlines. I mean, you heard those headlines right after it was after after it was over, and you're like, oh, "Okay, how did that?" Because they were. That's what they said in the headlines. They said that they got they got the gun and they hit him with. It. I was like, "How they in got, the heck did they manage that?" Well, they got a pistol, right? That he had. He was using a long rifle. Okay. And uh, somebody yeah. else took that away from him as Fierro started wailing on him. So, well, so they, tackled, they tackled him, um, and there's some speculation that he's injured pretty badly. Well, you know, when, it happens. And unfortunately, Fierro uh, lost, uh, he says, a family member in it. Yeah. His daughter's boyfriend, yes. who was a performer, yeah. was shot and killed. Wow. All right. Moving on. Number two. Two members of the Navy Blue Angels team were in Lincoln yesterday to begin preparations for 2023 Guardians of Freedom Air Show. It'll be held August 26th and 27th. A news conference at the Nebraska Air National Guard Base, Lieutenant Commander Thomas Zimmerman and Lieutenant Commander Brian Vaught met with city and airport officials along with base officials from the uh, Nebraska Air National Guard, Offutt Air Force Base, and uh, our very own Tom Stanton was at that news conference. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and Tom's got an article up at KLIN.com on that. You've been talking about it, Mark. All I'll say is get that on your calendar because... If you haven't seen them yet, when they've they've been here a couple of times, I think since I've I've been at KLI. Twenty sixteen was the last time. Was it twenty? I remember twenty sixteen. My my son was still playing like uh, flag football out at 
out at Spirit Park, way in the west part of town, and they were practicing uh-huh. before. Yeah. And all the kids who were trying to pl- supposed to be playing flag football at the time, because these were like 11, 12-year-old boys at that time, <laughs> they could barely do the football game because you had the, the, the Blue Angels doing their, their practicing stuff right above them, flying in the area. It was hilarious. So I saw them down, downtown that. Kansas City a few years ago. A friend of mine had flown in from Denver. He was private pilot. Knew the owner of the FBO, the fixed base operator there. And so on the day of their practice, uh, Evan called me and says, come on down. We ended up on the roof of the building where private planes park. Oh, wow. we were able to get a vantage point uh, like none other. Well, if you haven't seen anything like it, it will blow your mind. Yes. It will absolutely blow your mind. So I love... That Lincoln's got that. And so August, what is it? August 26 and 7. August 26 and 7. Remember, so. this This is the uh, type of aviator that uh, top gun. Yeah. Naval aviators. That's Saturday and Sunday. So that would be the week, the, the weekend before Labor Day weekend. If you're. Uh, Could have up to 300,000 people. Wow. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number one. Oh, there's turkeys in the, there was turkeys in the White House. <laughs> Oh, Mark. Chocolate and chip oh, for the turkeys that President pardoned yesterday in his annual Thanksgiving no chop. That's all I'm going to say. The, so, yeah, uh, pardons them. And this is the pardon. A bunch of others. <laughs> we, we, this is still the tradition. We still. We still. Yeah, the National Turkey Federation has done pretty well with this, you know, getting uh, publicity and. The turkeys go on to have a luxurious remainder of their life at some animal, uh, you know, petting zoo type farm somewhere in, I think, Virginia. So uh, he, uh, Biden did take it a chance, though, to take a swipe at the uh, re- big red wave that didn't happen. He said that. Uh, oh, in, boy. In their yeah. house, the only red wave would be if Commander tipped over the cranberry sauce. Of course, Commander. Oh, is. brother. That's t- OK. That's terrible. Yeah. I, th- I mean, not. That's just a lame joke, and uh, oh, brother. Okay. See, anyway, see, there was a turkey. Why do they do that? Like one of Trump's years, the turkeys were called peas and carrots. Why do they always do that? Uh, they always give them names that are, are well, like other foods. Like anthropomorphize that. them that way. I, I also remember one of Trump's. I don't. I'm trying to find the line that he said when he did it. He was like, he's like. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but his quote at the turkey pardon was something like, you know, Thanksgiving's a big day for turkeys. Uh, It's not a very good one if you think about it. (laughs) No, so here's the exact quote. Do you have the exact quote? Thanksgiving is a very special day for turkeys. Not a very good one when you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen that meme that's going around on... on, uh, on Facebook, the turkey's looking at a weather forecast for Thursday. It says 350 degrees. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's you should cook them time. at 325. Um, that's the one time this year that I'll eat I'll eat a lot of turkey, other than occasionally cold cuts on a sandwich. All right, it's 7.52. We will take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
Hi, sorry. Welcome back to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. I was, I mean, it, it, all inside baseball honesty, I was, and Caleb was helping me, we were putting some decorations up. Got to decorate get a, the studio. get a little more festive here in our uh, in our studios here at 44th and O in the capital city. Uh, which, if you'd like to buy, you're, uh, you're welcome to buy. There's still time for, to do so. It's for sale. Still time. Uh, Black Friday special coming up, maybe. <laughs> Are are we slashing prices? Sure. Are I we? Don't know. Uh, doorbuster, doorbuster. That I don't know. Maybe we try. Yeah, maybe we uh, we try like the retailers do, where they make it sound you know like it's a deal you're never going to find anywhere else. Even though it, one day only. Even though we even <laughs> even though I feel like we've had Black Friday deals for two months <laughs> before this in some form or another, um, and then there's going to be ones coming out daily between now and Christmas. Mm-hmm. But you know they 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 market it like that. They do a good job with that. So. Broadcast House Prime day um i've been notified real quick uh on coaching search news i've been notified that matt rule is in the studio of the good morning football show on nfl this morning okay so he is in the country (laughs) that's good to know number one number one and then they did a trivia question they're playing two lies and a truth with him and they said, which of the following famous sporting events was Matt Rule in attendance for? And one of them, and I don't know which one was the lie and the truth, uh, but uh, Rick here sent me this. Uh, one of them was Penn State upsetting Nebraska in 1982. What's it mean, Caleb? Matt Rule to Penn What's State. What's it mean? Uh, if James it, Franklin to Nebraska. Actually, what it means is if he went that game, he saw some of the most horrendous officiating in his life, and he watched <laughs> Nebraska have a game taken away from Red, them. Yeah, that too. That's... If he was at that, he would have only been. He's he's about my age, so he would have been very young. I that's one of the earliest games that I remember. I do remember it, but I was five. But I do remember it. So with sadness and anger, I was not around. Yeah. All right. Um, we got an eight o'clock hour coming up, don't we? Doctor Ken Dewey. Doctor Ken Dewey at eight ten. How long is this? Uh, this nice little blast of. Late fall warmth going to stick around with us? Well, he teased it on social media and he said, winter is canceled, or is it? Right. Like, that well, was just tell uh, me. He kept saying that last year, but I mean, let's all calm down. We're a month from it actually being winter <laughs> right now, but hopefully fall winter is, uh, is canceled and he'll be able to peer ahead a few weeks and find out if we really do have some some snow in the forecast and things that really are really going to feel like winter weather in the forecast so he'll have that coming up here in about 10 minutes and then john baylor nebraska volleyball caleb on the precipice of a monster weekend everything's still in front of monster weekend hundred bucks to get in the door on the secondary market at devaney center on friday night are you kidding me nebraska wisconsin it's friday night it's eight o'clock on kli and lincoln Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, your keyword this uh, this hour is Cornhuskers. Cornhuskers, C O R N H U S K E R S, all one word. All right, and uh, you might get the pick for Fantasy Huskers, where we are picking when the first turnover happens 
in the game for either Nebraska or Iowa on Black Friday's rivalry matchup that you can hear here on KLIN. All right. With all that said, it's time to talk to Dr. Ken Dewey. We are uh, we, we, we planned on uh, having this discussion this week thinking, okay, let's get it as close to Thanksgiving travel as we can to kind of get people ready. And now, Dr. Dewey, it looks like at least in this part of the uh, in this part of the country, uh, travel forecast is luckily pretty uneventful for everybody at this point. Yes, it is. That's our Thanksgiving gift to everybody. But, you know, maybe if you're going to Buffalo, it's not a good idea. Yeah. How about that? Uh, I, I don't know what they ended up, but I saw some forecasts of 70 inches of snow. And even for that lake effect snow, they said that was some, some nearly unprecedented stuff there. Well, people were shoveling their roofs because the roofs were going to collapse. And then, you know, what's really sick about this whole thing is I'm looking ahead day after day after day, you know, our area, and it's not too exciting, heavy rain in Buffalo um, in a week. Oh, and geez. so, and there'll be two heavy rainstorms moving through there. So they're going to get about two to three inches of rain on top of all of that snow. Hey, but let's talk about here in the Great Plains where life looks good. The sun came up today. The sky is clear and it's dry, Jack, very dry outside. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get, let's hit on that right away. Um, the drought issues in, in other parts of the state worse than we're at right now, but, um, it certainly has been an issue that a lot of people have been dealing with. Not a lot of, I mean, I just I don't remember a lot of rain locally here that would have had a huge effect on that. What's the update there? Well, Jack, we've had monthly precipitation totals that have been below normal since May. So this pattern goes back quite a bit. And we currently have for the whole year 19 inches of water. That sounds like a lot, 19 inches of rain and snow melted. But in reality, we should have had 27.8 by now. We're over eight and one-half inches below normal. Now, people don't go out and water your lawns. It's winter. But the eight and a half inches, can we make that up this winter? No. Mm. because we're going into the dry season. And by January, we average less than an inch of liquid water. So you don't want to have eight inches of water in January. That'd be 100 inches of snow. That's not going to happen. So we cannot make up this drought and get better until way next spring. There's nothing to worry about now. Everything is dormant outside. But this is one of our driest years on record, eight and a half inches below normal as of today. What, yeah, what, are, the, what are the impacts of like carrying a drought? Out through the winter where it's usually dry and needing to to wait through the spring for that to matter just just given the time of the year that you're in well hopefully everybody's deep watered in their newer trees and bushes and and ornamental vegetation it's don't don't start doing it now i'm, I'm i live in fear that i'm gonna look out and see sprinkler systems going after i talk about this but um right now there's not much we can do agriculturally it's really bad our winter wheat is in bad shape mm. because it has been so dry and windy and it also is a problem as we go into winter and i'll talk a little bit about the winter forecast in a few minutes a dry winter is a bad winter because the cold will penetrate deeper into the ground without a snow cover. Mm. I know everybody doesn't want a deep snowpack, but the snowpack actually protects the farm fields and it actually protects us uh, the ground from getting even well, colder. So, And that's kind of what we had last year, right? Exactly. With, with, with a very small amount of snow. Exactly. Let's uh, keep talking about snow, Jack. I thought yeah, I wasn't I allowed to talk about. I know. That. No, we're in November now. I think it's okay. I think it's fair game. But let's look back first a little bit 
on what's been, I mean, a relatively short period. But I hope what we what we just went through was kind of an abnormally cold period for this time of year because I don't know why, but it it maybe it's because I've got a dog now and I've got to go outside and walk it more often. But it felt it felt really bad a few times in the last week or so. How abnormal was that, Jack? It maybe you have a dog, and that's the reason why. It's because I'm old yeah. and I'm retired, so I sit around the house, and when I go outside, it's like I don't need to do this. <laughs> it was a really miserable week, and the few times I was outside, I came out of one of the stores, and I went, "No, this isn't right." You know, it was very cold. We had nine days of. Very, very cold weather. And I think the most stunning thing was Saturday, how miserable it was. I sent my younger son and his wife to the football game. I didn't go. And (laughs) then Sunday, I went out and went for a walk. It was back up in the 50s again. And it's really mild today, as you heard uh, going into this uh, segment. High near 60 today, which is quite nice. So the cold spell hurt because we weren't used to it. And then secondly, the winds are just obnoxious yeah. here. It's just, it's just so cold when those winds just go right through you. I'm also... was. At fault that I went to the store with a light jacket on, no hat, no gloves, because I still thought, oh, it's a mild fall in my mind. When I got outside, reality slapped me in the face. Yeah, yeah, no, those uh, even even when it's uh, like you know twenty eight degrees outside, which in theory and sunny, when you add that fifteen twenty mile an hour wind, uh, especially you know like we had on Saturday and a couple of days last week, it completely changes it. We're in we're in that time of year where the wind speed uh, matters as much as the temperature. Uh, does does for the weather um okay so let's look let's first look at the at the short term you mentioned obviously if people were outside at all yesterday felt a whole lot different today seems like it might be even better um how long does this kind of uh reprieve from from winter-like weather is that is that going to last for us well we have at least a week and it gets us through what is typically a rough travel time of the year in Nebraska. It's usually our first snowfall um, in our area. The average first snowfall is actually November 17. So we're already living on borrowed time. And, hey, every day like this is one less day of winter and one more day of cargo shorts, right? Yeah, that's right. That's so right. We look at this, and it's really warm today, near 60, and then warm again tomorrow. It cools down for Thanksgiving Day, and it'll be cloudy. It'll seem kind of uncomfortable, but a high, a little bit below normal in the mid-40s. We should be upper 40s now. But then by the weekend, 50s again, all the way into next week. And it's a dry pattern. Travel around the area is going to be great throughout Nebraska. When you go visit people, go shopping on Black Friday, which seems to be all month now. But um, So it's going to be okay. We have good weather pattern, dry, continued sunny days, some clouds, no precipitation. And then the first sign of our first snowfall is showing up uh, for the last day of November. So, again, our average first snowfall, measurable snowfall in Lincoln, November 17th earliest is the end of september and the latest was new year's eve mm-hmm. so we're, we're past the middle of when we should have had our first snowfall yep and it looks like right now and it's a little bit ahead of time but the forecast models are showing a light snowfall on november 30 now don't panic and don't get worried about that listeners it may or may not happen it's way in advance but until the last day of november we're going to probably escape with no measurable snowfall in november and then of course we're going to start looking ahead at into winter first week of december um we cool down jack but not nothing extreme uh, the whole first week of 
December, the highs right now are forecast to be in the low to mid 40s, which is pretty darn close to normal this time of year. You know, the record low today is minus one. It can be really bad. Mm-hmm. And the record high is 68. So we're we're still in near record territory on the high end instead of the low end. Right. Well, bottom line, Thanksgiving week is looking one of the best we've had in years. And our first snow might not come until the last day of November. And as we go into December, it looks normal for the first week of December. But we still have a lot of winter ahead of us. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because if you get out of... Um, if you get through in that first week and you're normal and you're in the you're in the 40s and there isn't precipitation overnight, you you maybe aren't getting snow and and you're inching through December and and I do remember that year it was New Year's Eve I believe it was 2006 and when we did get it it was a huge snowfall but uh, yeah if you're into December um, it's it's uh, it's pretty unique that you haven't had measurable snow yet I think, absolutely from what you're Jack yeah. and the probability of snowfall really ramps up this time of year. Um, next week, the probability historically of snowfall is double what it is during this week. Wow! But you mentioned something, and I and I think we need to get excited about it. It's less than a month now to the winter solstice. Well, by one day, Wednesday, December twenty-one is the winter solstice, and then we start increasing daylight, heading back to spring. That's right. That's right. It's uh, that's the day. So one month until those days starting getting longer. Again, uh, we got to fight through it now for another month or so. But December, it feels a little cheery, you know, because uh, it's Christmas and everything. Um, Next month, we'll probably next month we'll talk about. uh, I'm sure the probabilities for a white Christmas. We'll probably time that out uh, for that discussion. But any other things that you're seeing in terms of long term for this winter as you look into December, January, February? Of course, last winter we had nearly record breaking low snowfall. Um, Did have some cold temperatures but it moderated a bit it kind of depended uh it was kind of up and down throughout the year are are we seeing something similar this year or something that is kind of more normal and what we're accustomed to Yes, Jack, we are looking at something similar. And, you know, weather doesn't always repeat itself exactly from year to year. But the factors that are controlling the weather pattern for this winter are similar to last winter. Now, I've got to be careful in how I say this because people are going to say, duh, when I say it's going to be colder than normal in North Dakota and warmer than normal in Texas. They're not listening. And they're saying, well, it's always colder in North Dakota. No, colder than their normal and warmer than their normal in Texas. So what that does is it puts us in the middle. The drought is continuing throughout this winter, so we're not looking at a lot of snowfall. You know, we don't get a lot of snowfall to begin with, especially compared to Buffalo, right? But we look like a lower-than-normal snowfall, not a record-breaker like last year. We only had five inches of snow all winter in Lincoln. So less than normal. Um, because we're going, we're going to maintain this dry winter pattern. And it's one of those, as I've mentioned before, annoying winters where you get like we just had nine days of bitter cold and now it warmed up. So yeah. Imagine a January where it snows and everybody goes, oh, but wait a minute. A few days later, it warms up and it melts off and then it gets really cold again. Mm-hmm. So it's going to it's not going to be a consistent winter where it just stays cold or just stays warmer than normal or stays wet or stays dry. It's going to be dry with wild swings in temperatures. And it's even it's nice, I guess, in January, the days are getting longer and we could get some warm days in January in the 60s and February in the 60s and 70s. But we'll also have 
the cold air, which is being held back in Canada, burst down the Great Plains. There's nothing to stop it. It's flat here. And the cold air will plunge south like it did the last nine, the last nine day cold wave we had last week. So that's the winter that's shaping up. And of course, you know, I'll be on call and I can even go stay at the station with you overnight if we have another freezing rain event like we did a few <laughs> years ago. But right now, a drier winter. And we need somewhat of a snow cover. We probably won't get a consistent snow cover till later on in December. We'll look at the white Christmas on air in a few weeks. And then January is probably in February our time of year this winter where there will be some snow on the ground, but not deep snow like a few years ago. Remember when it got yep. to be a couple of feet on the ground? Yep. Nothing like that. Yeah. And, and as you've taught me over the years, that that really, I think that was part of the reason why it, it, it felt, uh, and we did have a more mild even temperature weather because you don't have that constant snow cover that brings down the temperatures during the course of the winter. If I if I remember your your teachings oh, yeah. right, so and Jack, you know, last December we had those tornadoes in Nebraska and the That's wind right. storm, and it was a very warm December. So the winter last winter was not all that bad. Yeah, uh, the winter weather last winter yeah. was not all that no. bad. And I'm looking for a winter, not a mild one. I wish I could say that we've had those where every day in January is warmer than normal, not hot, but warmer than normal in the 40s and 50s as opposed to near zero. But this winter, we're, we're it's remaining dry, which is not good. Uh, we, we need to have the farm fields com- covered with snow and protected. We would need to have our vegetation around Lincoln uh, with a snow cover in the middle of winter for those days where it does plunge below zero. I know you don't want to hear just below zero. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, yeah, I, I, I know, yeah, it's, it, I'm torn. I know they know the snow, they need the snow on the fields. Uh, I like a little bit of snow, but the uh, winters with snow that won't ever go away are also very annoying to me, too. So uh, I think everybody's kind of in a, a different place on how this happens. But bottom line, short term, is uh, it's going to be good weather for the backyard football game on Thanksgiving. Uh, and that's what everybody's got. Sweatshirt weather for that. No, it's great weather this week for travels and and going outside. I'm doing my daily walks again and enjoying being retired. Um, You probably don't want to hear about that either. You get up early in the morning and go to work. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Someday. Someday. Well, I'm glad glad you're enjoying enjoying your walks. Always appreciate hearing from you. Uh, Appreciate the good news here for the next couple of weeks. And, yeah, we'll check in maybe mid-December and and see what we can uh, kind of glean about Christmas, about a white Christmas, and about the, uh, the the upcoming winter. Sound good? Absolutely, Jack. Happy Thanksgiving. And remember to check on Dewey Weather on Facebook and KDewey1 on Twitter, as long as Twitter is still around, and you'll see my frequent updates on what's happening in our local weather. Very good. Thank you, Dr. Dewey. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next month. You're welcome. Take care, everybody. Dr. Ken Dewey. 825. We'll take a break. You're with LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Waking babies in the North Bottoms. 
and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. All right, it's 837. Glad to have you back with us. 24 degrees in the capital city. Thanksgiving week. Two days away from Turkey Day. Three days away from Black Friday. One month and three day away from Christmas. And uh, one month and one day away from your winter solstice, if you're uh, keeping track at home. That is your full calendar update. Now we get to the voice of Big Red Volleyball, John Baylor. JB, good morning. How are we doing today? Jag attack, fired up, just hopeful this weekend that the uh, fans are not uh, still sluggish from all the turkey. Uh, that would what's be that? good. Now, yeah. what's that? What's I did. That warm owner, whatever the turkey gives trip up. To fan. Or trip to fan. Trip to fan. I know it makes you makes you kind of lethargic. We need the Husker fans uh, rolling on Friday. I'm not worried. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and not okay. not be worried about that one. Uh, first of all, because. <laughs> First of all, if they want to get in the door on the secondary market right now to uh, Black Friday night's game, you're paying triple digits for those uh, standing room only tickets right now. Uh, if you want to get close to the court, you might go on, uh, be going up to two, three, four, five, and I saw one over six hundred dollars uh, wow. right now. If you want to get by the court on the uh, on the old StubHub right now. And I thought all these people asking me for tickets just liked me. They thought I was a nice guy. <laughs> Look at all the friends that you've got yeah. this week. Man. Hey, hey, hey. JB. Hey, let's go. GBR. <laughs> hey, by the way. <laughs> you're like you're like the guy in the neighborhood or the guy in the group of friends who has a pickup is what you are. <laughs> but after the season's over, it's kind of like the new kid in high school. He sits down and the whole table scatters at lunch. <laughs> Off season. That's yeah. That's uh, that's good stuff. Um. All right. Well, we got a we we we've got a good week to to talk about for Nebraska. Obviously, you know they had, they had Iowa again. And I don't really know what to say about these matches against Iowa because well, it's just it's just a mismatch. And I just it feels like I was at the one in Lincoln a couple weeks ago, and it kind of seemed like this one uh, this weekend yeah. was was fairly similar. Um, yeah, I was at it tough three or four decades in volleyball against Nebraska. It's one of these unique states with four letters like Utah and they just can't put it together right now in the sport of volleyball. But credit the Huskers. They didn't lower themselves to the level of their competition. Yeah. They were like going to a tennis match or golf match or it's kind of one-on-one and the other guy's a little shaky. And next, you know, you're shaking that with the Huskers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let, let's talk about the, the Purdue match because this looked again like I think like we saw a couple of times during the middle of the season where I mean it wasn't a perfect game but this was um this was getting glimpses. close to to the glimpses. best that we've seen this team play I think. Yeah, these glimpses, you know. Yeah. I mean, yep. you, you see the corner of a diamond, you don't have the whole thing, but you see the corner like this thing's pretty good. It's probably pricey, but it's probably, you know, it's going to be nice and and please people. Well, uh you saw glimpses of a team that could truly go to the final four and do some Damage. They've got suffocating defense. We've seen that all year, so that's nothing new. But, God, Kennedy Orr. I mean, she's suddenly connecting, and not just with her outside hitters. That's nothing new. That hasn't been a problem with, you know, the, the close hitters, the hitters that are right next to her, the ones in the middle to some degree, not enough. But then the right-side hitters. I mean, Lindsey Krause's had a great couple matches. Allie Badenhorst, even on the yeah. right, especially on the right, had some nice kills. So, I mean, it, it looks a little 2020-ish, 2020-ish. Hold on, just a second. It looks a little bit like 2021 is what I'm trying to say. Right. That uh, they're peaking. They're peaking at the right time. And I think Kennedy Orr's got a little bit to do with it. Maybe a lot. Yeah. Um, 
and, and and you you make a great point too, bringing up both Krause and and I think especially Batenhorst too. It's, uh, I mean, it seems like every year you have somebody store, sort of and and not that yep. they haven't bo- been both contributors, but hitters wise, I mean, this is kind of what we saw last year where you've got you've got an outside hitter that has been good during the year, that's been solid during the year, maybe hasn't seen all the playing time that really starts to peak toward the end of the year. And I feel like at least with Batenhorst, I feel like that's kind of what you're seeing right now with her. Batenhorst last year, Lexi's son in 2018. Yeah. Don't forget, she was critical in that run. She had a tough championship match against um, Stanford. But mm-hmm. semifinal against Illinois, Lexi's son, as uh, a first-year Husker, had 17. It was 19 kills in that yeah. match. But uh, So typically you get somebody who emerges. You have to uh, to have success. Because to win a title, Jack, you can't just have one explosive Terminator. I mean, Michaela Fecchi was unique in that you kind of didn't need a whole lot more. I mean, everyone knew she was going to hit the ball and no one could stop her, but you almost always have to have a second Terminator on the outside. You've always got to have at least one really effective Terminator in the middle. And uh, Nebraska's got the firepower. It's just connecting with it. I mean, it reminds you a little bit of some of the great Texas teams and to a lesser extent, Illinois teams. They just couldn't get the ball to their firepower a lot. And so Mm -hmm. it really marginalized their effectiveness. So the Huskers' passing has improved. Uh, it wasn't. It was really nice to begin the season. Them kind of slumped, and now it's getting back there. But finding a consistent setter, or in our case, two setters, has been a challenge at times, and it's looked pretty good, especially against Purdue. Yeah, it's like you can't. I can't wait to. And you're starting to get glimpses of it, but to see, you know, the 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 side of Kennedy, or that you know is there, but that mm. that made her such a, a, you know, a highly touted recruit as she was coming up, and and somebody oh. that. That I mean that at the beginning of this year, um, you know, you were willing to rearrange some things to to make sure she had a spot at this point, mm. and it's been up and down for her. But you know, hopefully, that's one of those things too, as you really see her settling into that role, really getting into a rhythm of playing consistently, and well, and, and maybe still this year you get a shot to see that when you didn't know if you would. It would it would be kind of a Hollywood ending, right? Not only if the Huskers go deep in December, who knows, in front of the home crowd. I mean, that's. That's such an advantage if just the Huskers can get to the Final Four in, in Omaha. But mm-hmm. for her, given what her challenges have been this season, to suddenly be in the middle of it all, that's Hollywood stuff. I love that. Yeah. You're gonna get, you kind of get weepy at the end of a movie. You know, I, I love all that stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, how about just a, a, then a general? I know, you know, I, I, I think we don't mention her much, and I don't know why i don't know if it's but maddie kubik uh was conference player of the week and just just wildly like wildly consistent and then you know i'll see her making digs in the back row and 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 playing around the court and just uh versatile and consistent oh she passes the ball all the dog on time remember she averaged five kills a a game as a senior in high school i mean she carried her her team and she's she's been in the spotlight for like eight years three as a high school player Everyone knew her in the state of Iowa, and now Ford. She was a first-year starter at Nebraska. I mean, she she's been uh, All Conference a couple of years. She's she has always been there, but she's done it in a way that doesn't give a lot, give her a ton of attention because a lot yeah. of skills are tooling the blocks, and tooling the block is is super effective. It's just mm-hmm. not as exciting. It's kind of like you know, a lot of singles, a lot of walks. Just happens to be in the middle of a lot of rallies that win win games, but. Uh, uh, not quite as explosive as a Whitney Lonstein kill that people remember anyway. Right. Maddie Kubik has been the pillar. She has been everything and then some for Nebraska. And senior night Saturday should be a puddle because 
Your Husker fans truly know what she's contributed, and just never a day off. Uh, You're you're absolutely right, and there's just a level of consistency and comfort and kind of cold-bloodedness, you know, when she's in. But you're right. I think you nailed it. You know, Lonstein does the equivalent of the, you know, the crazy crazy dunks dunks. in the basketball game, right? Um, yep. and, 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 and Kubik is hitting the free throws and the, and the jumpers and getting the layups, I think, even if it's, uh, you, you know, time and t- time and time again. It, 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 she's, she's tough. It's tough to not appreciate Maddie. She's a consummate Husker, uh, in that she's just always selfless, always pointing at whoever it was. It was just a big smile in the middle of a, a, a tough stretch. She just, she gives off energy, but I got this theory. I mean, to be Maddie Kubik for four years is, is, is exhausting, I mean, mentally and physically. Uh, to be a Husker for four years is a remarkable commitment. Yeah. And maybe that's why we haven't had a lot of fifth-year COVID grad student successes at Nebraska, whereas others have. Yeah. Other programs have had fifth-year players have come in and really contributed. Maybe if you're here, if you transfer here at the end, you're, you're, you're fresh. But if you do, like right. Caitlin Hoard's done a nice. But if you're here at Nebraska for four years, it's such a commitment, and so suddenly at the end of it all, you're told, "Oh, by the way, one more." You're like, "Oh boy, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah." I love it; it's great, <laughs> but I don't. It's a, it's a it's a lot to request. So we'll see what she decides after the season. But you know, just just marvel at it for now. And, and then I guess as we're just kind of going around the horn with a lot of these players, uh, it, you know, I think we really saw. I think Becca Alec really flashed in the middle of the year, especially that game at Purdue, as I recall. And then she was out for that Iowa game. Um, a yeah. little banged up and, and, you know, just didn't, and, and, and she was, you know, she was good, but wasn't quite the huge weapon that she had yeah. been. It, it looks like she's getting what it looks like to me, JB, and I'm curious what you think, but it looks like now that she's coming to the end of this year, she's really starting to get some, some swagger, um, along with the success that she's had with this whole she's thing. She's always had the swagger. <laughs> she's, uh, she walks into the gym. She's like, I'm the sheriff, but she's awesome. But, uh, yeah, she's, she's. I, I think she's going to be Dr. Kaboom by the end. I mean, she's just uh, carries herself with such confidence. Yes. And she's just she's a, a huge person and, and a huge personality. She's really something. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a matter of just getting her the ball. I mean, remember, Nebraska's doing all this. Uh, you know, number five in the country right there with a great shot at winning its fourth Big Ten championship in 12 years. And right there with a shot of getting back to another Final Four would be Coach Cook's 11th. Final Four in his 23rd season. Um, without really these All-American quality middles getting the ball much. Yes. If they can just finally transfer what they're doing in practice to games and get them the ball, meaning you know, the pass has got to be better, but probably the setters have to be a little more brave uh, you know, to set the middle at, you know, at angles that don't always suggest that in the middle. Imagine what this offense could be. JB, I'm still seeing, I mentioned this to you last week, but I am still, especially when they set Horde, the timing seems to be messed up every time almost. Yep. Like, yeah. like, it is so, it just looks weird because you see that so rarely with Nebraska, and it's always kind of a miss yep. hit, or she's going down when she they think she's going up, or there's something like that. It's, I, and I don't know, I, I'm not smart enough to know exactly where that's coming from, but it happens a wow. surprising amount of times. So. You're probably onto something. But the great thing is, other coaches see that too. Mm-hmm. And these other teams are thinking, hey, 
Huskers struggle, set in the middle. We don't have to worry about them. We're going to double team everyone on the pins. Right. Nice try. We got them yeah. all sandbagged. We got them exactly where we want them right yeah. now. We got them fooled. And then kaboom. Yep. Kaylin, yep. Becca going crazy for the yep. next month. Uh, but, um, and then, oh, since I'll say something nice about Horde, too, she had one of the best rejections I think I've, I've yeah. seen all year against Purdue where she just got her whole, I mean, whole body hands over the net. I mean, it was a, a very dramatic rejection and a good one. Last one before I get to to this weekend is I wanted to ask you, is it feels like the servers become a little bit more of a weapon for Nebraska down the stretch. It, I mean, you could say in some of the matches early, it was a weakness because there were so many service errors. But, yep. it, it, I mean, it feels like, you know, I, it looks like Lonstein has a server that's a real, really difficult exactly. to deal with. Um, and it just, it just feels like more of a weapon than a liability as we get later in the season. Is that the I same agree, thing that you it- see? Yeah, and it's going in more. So, in other words, they're taking aggressive serves, but they're getting them in. In the past, they've had a lot of service errors when they've gotten aggressive, so then they lollipop them, and then boom, the ball's right at them. And so you, you've got to find that fine line, and, and you can see it's, it's a team-wide confidence. Someone starts getting hot from the service line like Whitney has of late. Everyone else is like, hey, I can do that too. Someone starts you know, serving out of bounds all the time. Everyone else is like, hey, uh-oh, I might do that too. So it's just contagious. And you're right. That's collectively becoming much more of a strength than it was a month ago. Yeah. All right. Well, all we, you know, we we had these thoughts about the Big Ten coming down to this big three way tie at the end of the year, yeah. and then Ohio State decided to, to lay some eggs. Yeah, I thought someone must have been injured. Nope. I mean, Londot, Emily Londot, who torched Nebraska, made Ohio State look like a national championship contender a week ago. Hits negative against Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maryland's got one of the great blocks of all time. Watch this Maryland team. They can just. Yep. They're going to take down some teams potentially in December because no one's ever seen a block like this. Raynell Jones, she's on fire. So uh, Maryland does it, but then Indiana. With their crazy serving. It was the crazy serving by Indiana is what it was, John. Really? What happened? Say more. What happened? What kind of crazy serving? Indiana does these, throw the ball 80 feet in the air, run from a half mile away, uh, do like a super <laughs> speed jump every time they serve. Nice. I, I've never nice. seen anything like it. I figured they got some transfers from the Brazilian national team this week or something. I don't How know. the hell? How it, the heck did they beat Ohio? That's just stunning. Just that's it a was shocking conclusion. And they should have swept them. They they should they wow. they lost that first set and they were up they were up like right. twenty three eighteen or in that neighborhood. So it was really? it was crazy. So now it's I mean so now it's Nebraska and Wisconsin, right? I mean yeah, that game right. that Nebraska can uh, if Nebraska wins out they they get a share. And maybe the entire I'd, Big Ten championship, right? I just hope the fire marshal just, you know, just, you know, just takes it a little easy. Maybe just relaxes a little bit Friday night. Because <laughs> it's going to be a circus. At the very, uh, everybody, bring your lungs. Bring your lungs. Don't leave them at home. And don't give us one of these. What's the turkey thing again? Tripsaline? What the heck is it? Tryptophan. Tryptophan. Don't give us a tryptophan you won't. excuse. Like, no. I don't want slouching. I mean, I don't want a bunch of like chiropractor prospects and you know slouching in their seats. I want everybody sitting up, going crazy because it made a difference against Purdue in that first set. It always makes a difference. Yeah, Cook yeah. actually said he was a little. He thought the yeah. uh, old after church crowd might be a little benign, yeah. but uh, he thought he thought they were up oh. for it on Sunday. No, really? I think there is in that room, even against in, in that room in Devaney on Friday night, a lot of very well natured people, a lot of grandmas in the in the room, those sorts of things. Deep in yeah. their heart, they have a burning disdain for for uh, Wisconsin, and I that will fuel them. Get, I love it when grandmas just you know yeah. take over. There's grandmas a lot of grandmas who don't like Wisconsin volleyball. Yeah. I'll tell you that right, right now. 
That is true. Don't get don't get on the wrong side of them. I'm I'm telling you, we, we, if we can just get a bunch of grandmas leading the cheers like STM, STM, <laughs> set the middle, they, the kids will follow. I mean, a lot of these young people are like, hey, look, we're going to take over here. We, we can go with the Indiana. Nice try. Let's turn it over to the grandmas, and they're ticked off. It's been a tough run against this doggone Wisconsin uh, team, and I, I think it's not just volleyball. Anyway, my point is, yeah. Friday night's a big one, and uh, if you want to you want to win a, a conference championship. Even more importantly, in my opinion, you want to host a second weekend. You want to host yes. the regional in at the Devaney. Kaboom! I mean, you got to hey. win this matchup, right? Uh, and still, no guarantee. You got to uh, win. Right. I was going to say two and zero this weekend. Best guess? Do you think Nebraska is getting a top four seed and hosting throughout the first, second, third, fourth round? Coin flip. Coin flip oh come on! Oh, I think Jeez. Wisconsin got the inside edge. I mean, maybe they'll look at quality of win, but Wisconsin swept Nebraska. So now you look at like how, I mean, let's not even go. Let's just focus on, uh, I'm just play by Come on, play take them both. Play. Take them both like it's the SEC okay. and the college football playoff. Right. Take them both. Right, you like to dream, Jack, and I love that. So let's dream a little bit here. You got to go 2-0, and and then you got to go send up some Husker fans up to Columbus on Saturday night and root for Ohio State. Okay. And then you cinch it. If Ohio State yep. can beat Wisconsin, if, right. if Wisconsin goes 0-2, and we go two and zero. We're hosted. All right, all right. There it is. There's your scenario, the guarantee. So we're going to be a scoreboard watching a bit on Saturday night. But you got Minnesota coming in, so Nebraska has to stay focused on that game. Too, Absolutely. So. We need some Husker spies after the Wisconsin win. Jump in their SUVs. This is Nebraska. Yeah. We don't have a lot of that'd be good. So Senior night at SUVs, yeah. and you head right up to Columbus. Senior night and that ugly, not very well lit court in Columbus. So there you go. Uh, I, I agree. You, how did you feel? I was there and I was like, "What is it? What is it? The deal with the lighting in here?" Well, on TV, it looks terrible. It's terrible. Players, on TV. Some players are in shadow. I'm, yeah. And then I asked. I was asking everyone. I didn't say it on the air, but before the match, I'm like, "What's going on with these players in yeah. shadow? Are, are the lights not on yet?" No, no it's been like <laughs> it's that all weird. year. I'm like, Hello? What's, what's the deal with, like, yeah. Ohio electricity costs? I mean, I thought the Buckeyes had a nice budget. Like, well, guys. You would we're, think. We're cutting corners here. A turn on. And would somebody unscrew that Sylvania up there, it's getting low cost. It's dark. It's I know. It's, it's, a, it's a problem at that place. Maybe Wisconsin will have problems it, with it. I don't it's know. It's like class D1 football. Like, hey, would everyone in your cars please turn on the lights? <laughs> We can't see what's going on here. Pull, pull your pickup. Very disrespectful to Giltner right now. Pull your pickups in, flip on the brights. It'll just help the girls out. The Buckeye fans, they don't just have their phones for the pregame. They leave the lights on, the phones on. <laughs> JB, uh, we are excited to uh, to listen to you here this weekend. Oh. Some huge matches, and then we'll go talk Ooh. next time, and we'll get into December, and we'll see what uh, what the Huskers have in front of them. Should be fun. Oh, uh, rest up, get hydrated, and then fight off what they what's that turkey thing called? Tryptophan. Yeah, fight off that deal. You get that on your off. vocab list for uh, on to uh, college. Uh, all right, be a real fan, not a tryptophan. All right, <laughs> JB, thank you. There's John Baylor, voice of Big Red. <laughs> that was that might have been an all timer. All right, it's eight fifty five. We'll take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show today. Give us a little update on something. we got a lot of picks in. We haven't updated for a while on Fantasy Huskers. All right, our earlier this morning picks, Dana said second quarter, 1231. Ryan said second quarter, 915. 
And then this hour, Craig took first quarter seven minutes. Tom, second quarter, 837. Yeah, I'm kind of in that range. So the earliest pick in the game is first quarter, seven minutes. Okay. All right. Uh, so there you go. You still will have uh, two final chances tomorrow, and that'll be the end of it. It's the Wednesday Husker tailgate tomorrow with Mike Schaefer. And uh, Mike was Mike had some uh, Mike had some news yesterday on the coaching search that he was breaking. It'll be interesting to see what he has his very latest tomorrow morning when he joins us on the uh, tailgate. Hey, real quick. In the meantime, go to klin.com. A couple of things I want you to point out. If you if you want to go caroling with us again, we are bringing the bus out. We're going on a KLIN caroling trip here with LNK today with Jack and friends listeners on december 11th we just want you to tell us if you're interested in that holiday market if you're looking for christmas gifts half off deals all over the place there so get to klin.com for that too we will see you tomorrow for the tailgate nine o'clock klin lincoln from the